0: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together again to uh, get into your truths, to be able to hear your word. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for providing for us. We thank you for constantly seeing your angels as an encampment all around us. We, we know that this is the day that you have made, and we will decide. We we'll make the choice to be glad in it. We thank you for allowing us to be attentive to your word. In this season of complete deception, darkness, distractions, and all the above, we will continue to give you the glory. And all that we do, in your name, we pray. Jesus, Amen. I want to provide a word that God has put on my heart, and it's uh, it's really casting down the lies that are uh, leading people astray in this season. You know, it's there's a lot of uh, deception and misconceptions and many things that um, have actually has been taught in church institutions that are kind of the way of living today. Um, as far as those who say they walk according to the faith. And, you know, when when you get into the word of God for yourself and you let the Holy Spirit lead you. You can see so many different, uh, so many different things that are not true. So many different teachings and practices that are not aligned with the word of God. Paul told us that uh, these deceptions would occur in the end time. Jesus told us this. Uh, Jew told us these deceptions would occur. And for a lot of believers, it's hard to accept that we are living in the end times. And the reason being is because there is this desire to want to see things happen. You know, we want to see our children grow up. We want to spend more time with our family members. We got career goals, financial goals. We're trying to get our credit together. Maybe we're trying to buy a house. So many things we want to do that we're not even focused on the end times. And this is one of the reasons why you don't hear it in times preached in church institutions anymore. You used to hear about repentance, you used to hear about turn, you used to hear what they call that fire brimstone preaching, where, you know, the pastor was getting on you about how you dressed and you couldn't come into church with a hat on, you had to sit up straight. If you fell asleep, somebody was going to nudge you. You know, today it's more of this kind of drive through, get your meal, leave, and Hey, go on about your your routine, your day, and your life. You know, I, I've talked I talk to people I share often, you know, in person and on social media about the season we're living in. You know, and Jesus told the disciples what will happen. He gave them a clear example. He didn't, you know, give you kind of like vague details. He wasn't even speaking in a, in a form of a parable. He was being, you know, straight to the point of, of what would occur in the end what to look out for. And the first thing he tells them is to watch out for false Christ, false messiahs, false teachers, people who are going to come and, and say, listen, I got the answer. I got the solution. I, I know how you're going to overcome. You know, you got to understand, too, that a false Christ will teach you something that's not actually what the true Christ told you. The true Messiah, Yeshua, he will come in and say things that sounds almost correct, but is not actually true. And if we don't know the truth, then how can we discern the times? How can we discern and, and, and distinguish between, you know, the end times and just another day in time? Such an important piece. And Matthew 24, he tells him in verse seven, he said, for nations, will rise against nations, kingdom against kingdoms. There will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. He said that all these are sorrows, the beginning of sorrows. You know, and knowing this, when you look around the world today, all over the world, you see what Jesus Christ is saying. You see how he's how he gave these details uh, of what would occur and how we ought to be on the lookout. This is a, the, the most important piece for us as believers because if we're not watching, Jesus Christ said we won't see him, we won't see him coming, we will, he'll catch us off guard. He said he's coming like a thief. In Luke 21, 31, Jesus said, so you also, when you see all these things happening, Know that the kingdom of God is near. He didn't say when you see an earthquake, he didn't say when you see a certain disease happening or kingdom rise against a certain kingdom. He said when you see all these things happening, when you see them happening at one time in one setting, he said, no, we're you're getting close for the kingdom of heaven to arrive. The kingdom of God. And when, you know, I was looking at this documentary here just the other day and it was showing how the earthquakes have became more frequent than ever before. And and this time frame, you know, they're not there's so many earthquakes happening. You don't hear about it in the news anymore unless it's a really big one and a lot of people are injured or killed. Other than that, it's kind of just under the radar. You have to log in and check the uh, the, the tracker to see the different. Um, earthquakes that are happening, and then you have you know you have the wars that are happening all over the place. Ukraine um, is a big one, pronounced Russia, but there's other ones that are happening, small ones that are not uh, hitting the limelight, that are not on the big stage, and different ones that are coming up against each other, different kingdoms, different different uh, places in the earth. He said, "This is the sign to know that I'm coming soon." And sadly, because of the mass deception that exists, because of the uh, all you got to do is say Jesus and you're saved. Many people don't understand what it really means to be holy and really don't even care what it means. I I, I constantly get these replies, people saying Jesus will come and get you and take you with him because you believe. Don't matter what you did. You just simply believed. But this is a claim that you cannot find anywhere in the Bible, not even in the Old Testament. It was nothing Christ spoke of. It was nothing that any of the apostles had mentioned. In fact, there were more discussions about living holy, living righteous than there was about because you believe. You're going to heaven. These are these are isolated scriptures that are not kept in the context and read completely through that have led people to believe that they can do whatever they so choose, and they will still be in the good graces of the Almighty. They will still walk into heaven and boom, that's it. He's gonna just let me in. But I want to tell you, there's a couple times that Jesus made mention of some actions that will not be allowed in heaven. Revelations 28, excuse me, Revelations 21, verse eight. He he tells John. He said, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Jesus said he names these different actions, these different behaviors that won't come to heaven. But only the enemy, the false Christ, the false Messiah and his false apostles can lead us to believe that we can say the name Jesus. We can confess him to be our Lord and Savior and still live these life, this lifestyle. In Revelations 22, 15, Jesus says again to John. But outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and sexual immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. You say whoever loves and practices a lie. I want to tell you, it is a, a lie to believe that because you said Jesus Christ, there never was an obligation taken away because of this idea of grace that we are to live holy and righteous. There are many today counterfeit Christians walking the earth. They say they believe, but they continue in sin. They say they, 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 they love Jesus or they love God, but they keep lying, stealing, disrespecting people. Letting anything come out their mouth, carrying hatred in their heart. All the things that will not be in everlasting Peace, eternal rest with Jesus. You know, one question came to me the other day, and it was, can we live sinless? Can we actually walk this earth without sin? Can we get to that place? Now, if you've been in church any time in your life, you've heard, uh, you know, the gospel, any form of the gospel, you've probably uh, have come to the conclusion that that's not possible. You won't find anyone who will tell you it's possible. At least if you will, there'll be a very, very small group of people. Because the grace of God, as Jude said, and Jude 4, verse 1, he said, certain people have crept in unnoticed. And they turn the grace of God into lawlessness So basically, because of his grace, we can do whatever we want. We can walk how we feel because God knows our heart and he loves us. This is one of the biggest lies ever given to church members. This is what Paul says. In Galatians five. Verse 16. This I say, then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That really sums up this, the the truth about being able to live in this life sinless. It is the truth. We can get to a place where we don't have to live in sin anymore. And we look at the life of the apostles and they actually fulfill that. Today, you have tons of pastors who get caught up in all kinds of stuff. You name it. Some of them so bad they had to leave the church. But yet you look at the first preachers, if you will, the first apostles, the first disciples, and you don't hear any of this stuff. You don't hear them taking money from the church. You don't hear them messing around with women in the church. You don't hear it. Because they were allowing the spirit of God to lead them and not this spirit of the world, the spirit of the Antichrist who teaches this false gospel that the grace of God just allows you to do whatever you want. The reason God's grace came was so that when we fall, we can get back up, not so that we can continue in sin, but continue in righteousness. But you have to have the Holy Spirit to lead you. You have to be born again in the spirit of truth to guide you and you have to deny yourself today. Obviously we have way more distractions than the disciples had. We have social media, mainstream media. We have tons of movies and music, different venues we can attend, sporting events, you name it. There's so many things that are pulling us in all these directions. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to do we want to serve the Messiah or do we not? That's it. Is our heart for him or is our heart for the world? Do we serve the the true living God or do we serve money? And he tells us we can't have two masters for we will love one and hate the other. And if we love him, as Jesus Christ said, we will keep his commandments. We will stay in his will doing what he wants to do. Is it a challenge? Absolutely. It is definitely a challenge. Especially when you're surrounded by all kind of reasons not to read his word, not to pray, not to fellowship with people who do the same. Jesus Christ told the disciples when He asked them, are there only a few saved? And he said, strive to enter into the narrow gate. He didn't say believe into the narrow gate. He didn't say confess. He said, strive. It's a walk. It's a continuous effort. It's a. One foot in front of the other, eyes fixed on Jesus. When you look at the seven churches of Asia, there was only one church that Jesus made a promise to. And it was the faithful church. He said, because you have not denied my name and you continue to preserve, he said, I will keep you from the hour of trial that shall come upon the whole earth to test all who dwell on it. That trial is coming to us, make no mistake about it. The economy is going down in America and around the world. There's not a lot of news coverage about the different governments that are collapsing, big governments, not these small little towns. I'm talking huge countries, they're collapsing. People are protesting, they're rioting. Sadly, Americans are being rocked to sleep. a lot of political shenanigans and just different things and sporting events and movies and new clothes and commercials. And there are people living in turbulence right now, dying of hunger, killings are going on left and right. But eventually we're going to get to a place in society where everyone's going to experience complete devastation and Christ made a promise. The Messiah made a promise to the faithful church, those who haven't denied him, those who are continuing to preserve, that he will keep them from the from the, the, the greatest test ever known to humanity. And Daniel, he tells us that, you know, the archangel Michael is going to stand up in this time and he's going to gather the people when the time becomes more wicked and crazy than it's ever been and ever will be on the face of this planet. We have to cut out distractions. We can't be a fake Christian. We can't keep showing up to these fake church services. We have to really cut things off. And we have to hone in on our walk with Christ. We have to make it a point to be able to Say, I'm going to discipline myself regardless of what's going on in the world today. We have to be sold out. We can walk righteous. It's possible. Jesus would have never told the woman caught in the act of adultery to go and sin no more if it wasn't possible. If she didn't have the ability in Christ, in the Messiah, to walk holy and righteous, he never would have said that to her. If he did, it wouldn't have been recorded. But not only did Jesus Christ say. We can go and send no more. His disciples supported what he said when they wrote to the churches. Jew writes now to Yeshua, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to Yeshua, our savior. Who alone is worthy. Be glory and majesty to and power both now and forever. He's saying he is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless. He didn't say anything about he can keep you because he gave you grace. He didn't even say he can keep you because he, he covered you with his blood. There's an effort. There's a walk. There's a discipline that we need to have to uphold the truths given to us in his word. James, right. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overthrow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. This one scripture right here completely throws out this idea that because you said Jesus Christ, you are good to go. James is saying be doers. Don't just be hearers. Don't just show up for church. Or or, or get on a a call or join a Bible study and then go do what you want to do. He said, receive with meekness, humble yourselves and take in the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. It's important for us to understand this. You know, Paul writes, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How should we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ, the Messiah, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of our father, even so, we should also walk in the newness of life. Again, it's a it's it's a free will operation here. It's a state of mind. It is something that we have to decide to do just because we come into the faith and we confess Jesus doesn't mean automatically we're scot free. You know, one of the things my family had done here recently, a you know, little, little more than recently, was we cut out. These TV shows and movies and all these things that seem to be entertaining, but are not Christ-centered. They're not holy. They're not righteous. I don't know if you guys know, but Disney for the longest time has been one of the most wicked. In fact, since they started, they introduced wickedness from the beginning. When you look at the 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 idea, the the planning of Disney and what their intent was, you uncover this because people People have done the due diligence and they went to go discover what Disney was planning from the beginning. It was what they're doing now. The, p- the sexual promiscuity, the, the, all these different Freemason signs and wicked symbols they have in their um, shows and their movies. They have these, pe- these people took some of the, the clips and they slowed it down to show you how they had satanic signs, literally satanic signs in the cartoons for kids. That you would not see it because it was more like subliminal. It ran past you real quick. They had sexual signs, women's bodies and different things, pictures behind the characters. But when you slow, you slow it down, then you can see it. We've made a decision to, to clean house, get things out, stop associating, stop involving ourselves with stuff that will not be in heaven. Paul said, lay aside every sin and weight that so easily beset us. And he was talking back then, over 2000 years ago. Now we got all kind of reasons, all kind of weights and sins that want to hold us in bondage. When Jesus Christ comes back, he's coming unexpectedly. And those who will not recognize him coming will be those who are focused on, tied to, have a passion for things that will not go to heaven. He said, watch and pray always. Always. Every single day. Keep your eyes open. Watch how you walk. Watch how you carry yourself. Watch who you hang around. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Those are important pieces to being able to. Be pleasing to the, to the master. Paul ran a race. He says this and he ran a good race. Not just any kind of race, not a conditional race or a comfortable race. He ran a very challenging race. And that race. He said at the end, he's expecting the crown. He's expecting to be rewarded. For staying in the race, for fighting, for doing what God has called him to do. Jesus said. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple. John 831. Every day we have to pick up the Bible and read it. We have to get into the truth. We can't just believe all these years of what's being told to us because now if you look at it, it's all fading away. 2020 should have been a big wake-up call for those who say they follow Christ. Should have been a huge wake-up call. But now since time has gone on and things you know, they've created these new normals of get your vaccines and Show up for this and do all that. These different things that kind of fit into society. Most people have kind of s- slide back into their routine of life. No longer praying and no longer seeking God. Back to these churches with these knockoff preachers talking about your blessing is coming. Your miracles on the way. Preaching a gospel that Christ nor his apostles ever talked about. We have to detach ourselves from this world, it doesn't mean we go into hiding. It doesn't mean we start living this close box type life. We still have to go out and be the light and the salt. But at the end of the day, our heart can't be connected to these things that are really, at the end of the day, we call them entertainment. Entertainment, but at the end of the day, they're tools to send you to hell. That's all they are. We can't. We gotta understand where our source comes from. We can't think, well, you know what, my job is my source, so I have to just make sure I live uh, according to all their rules and their standards and and, and and bow down to them. Do you honor and respect your bosses? Absolutely. Your supervisors, whoever is in authority. But when it comes down to deciding if you are going to obey our Heavenly Father and obey those of the world, we have to choose the father over the world. When Peter was out preaching, they told him don't preach in his in the name of, of Christ, Yeshua. He said "He said that the Sanhedrin told him uh, don't do it and they did it anyways and they went to jail. When they got out, they continued to preach in his name and they said, didn't we tell you not to preach in his name? And he told him, he said, we ought to obey God rather than man. But more more times than not, most people are obeying man than God because they rather the praises of men and not God. You know, I had a dream the other night that really, really woke me up. I was physically in like sorrowful. I was in pain. My chest was bothering me. And what I saw was I looked out and I saw. Just the world in complete turmoil. People were running scared. There were fires everywhere. Buildings was being destroyed. Bodies was all over the place. And people were just. They were desperate. You can see the desperation. All over the face of everybody. And. Out of nowhere. This this tall. Large man. Well dressed rises up. And. Everybody starts running to this person. They start moving to him in in like loads of people. And what he looked like, he looked like a savior, like a hero, like one of these Marvel characters that show up to take out the enemy at the last moment. That's what he looked like. And I looked at him in my dream and I knew as soon as I looked at him, this. I, I, I was—I had my eyes fixed like, who is this person? And I knew in my dream he was an antichrist. And what I, my spirit was so heavy, it was so grieved. It wasn't because the antichrist had came. It was because people were running to him. And they weren't running to him because of the devastation. I showed me this. He, it, it wasn't, they were trying to get away from the pain and the suffering and agony. They were running from him because... Deep down inside, they wanted to go back to what was quote unquote normal. Their movies, their video games, their friends, their bar and grill and sporting events and all these different things that they find pleasure in. He was an answer to people's quote unquote peace, their false sense of peace. And that's why they were so gladly excited that he had a, had, a, had a arrived to give them that peace. Now, that's one of the most extreme dreams I've ever had and when I had it it felt the sorrow that I felt didn't feel normal to me it wasn't like you know some somebody I lost somebody it was like a, a very deep spiritual sorrow like God let me feel how he felt and I woke up like I said in pain and even in this chaotic dream people would think wow that's not that's just a dream that's fantasy that's not really gonna happen but the truth is it already happened Look what happened in 2020 when everything shut down. You know, my family, we went out. We weren't concerned about nothing, no, nothing. we we, we, we going to keep doing what we're doing, walking around smiling, uh, uh, being the light of Christ. I didn't go into hiding. I said, if this was Jesus, I want to make sure I'm wide awake. But once everything's settled, where did everybody go back to? Their favorite Netflix shows you know whatever event they like to do on Saturdays or whatever the case may be there was no real repentance that occurred and you see this in the churches. pastors didn't come out when the thing first happened when the shutdown occurred and start talking about repentance. most of these preachers, especially the big time preachers were talking about well God is doing something I don't know what it is. It's time to spend a lot of time with family and re reevaluate our family goals. Anyone who was discerning of the times knew we better repent. Because this might be the time where Jesus come back. That's kind of how I thought. I didn't go into hiding, but that's kind of how I thought. Then I went and read the Bible, as I said for myself, and I got into the scriptures. Stopped following these false preachers and found out, though we may not know the hour. For the day. We can definitely see the signs of the time. And there's a couple events that will take place matter in fact have to take place before Jesus Christ return Paul says this he said let no one deceive you by any means for that day should not come unless there is a great falling away which has already happened and then the son of man or, or the uh the, the son of perdition the antichrist is revealed once he's revealed it's only a matter of moments or, or days or is the time will be extremely short for when the church, the end time church is raptured up. But if we're focused on whatever pleases us, then we're going to miss them. We're going to miss them. We're, we're going to be sleeping when we should be listening. And we're going to miss Jesus Christ come in and take us. And people going to look around. You know, you got to think about it. People believe anything Today. I mean, they told us in school that uh, Men went to the moon And then years later The astronauts come out and say They never went to the moon And that was years ago So imagine with all the graphics And the stories And how they control the media today I I, I, I am 100% sure That when the rapture occurs They're going to tell people Some bogus story about aliens or something Star Trek or something weird And people are going to believe it we have to detach ourselves, unplug ourselves, come from out of this world, come from among them. Light and darkness have no fellowship together. And that's just not people. That is the things we do, the, pe- the, the, the stuff we use to entertain ourselves. They cannot mix. It cannot intertwine. I know a lot of people are I talk to a lot of people who took the vaccine and they say, you know, if I didn't take the vaccine, I wasn't going to be able to keep my job. That I understand. I do. However, when the mark of the beast comes, if God isn't your source. Then what will stop you from taking that mark when you can't buy, sell or trade unless you have it? Again, there are counterfeit believers that exist. I pray that whoever's listening is not one. But they are there. We have to. St- Keep going back to every time I keep going back to Matthew 24, when Christ told us about what's happening, certain things stand out to me even more. Recently, I I was able to see how he said that false Christ will come. And just like that, well, it it came to me If false Christ come. Then there got to be a false Christianity. And then there has to be false Christians. How else would he lead somebody astray? And then what is the falsehood? The false Christianity, the false teaching he gives. Anything that cannot actually align with the word of God. Like the statement that we've probably heard for years. It's impossible for someone to live holy. No one could do that. I've heard it today. In fact, the guy asked me, he said, hey, where did you get this context, the scripture in context that we can live holy? And I shared an article that I wrote the other day about it. With all the scriptures of how disciples told us, we need to step away, lay aside, stop continuing in. Go and sin no more. Those are just some of the many teachings and examples that Jesus Christ gave. Remember, there are seven parables about the kingdom of heaven. And in each one of those, there were people who did not get into heaven because of a a decision They may be unknowing who the Messiah was, who the God of heaven was. He said, the kingdom of heaven shall be like, and goes on to explain that these people who were disobedient yet knew or had some kind of knowledge of, ended up in utter darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. So as we continue this walk, this faith, Doing what we're called to do Let's look around our houses Let's go through our phones Let's do an inventory Of all we got And see what is it That's distracting us Paul didn't say trim it down To a little bit Where it's not so distracting He said lay aside He said cut it off Get rid of it We need to have a full heart for Christ and walk in that heart. It, 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 at the end of the day, it's time out for playing church. We got away with it for a long time. Thank, thank Him for His grace. But now it's time to stop playing. People are falling away every moment. Some people are. Or, or, some people argue with me. I just share the gospel. They call me all kind of names, talk about me, and all that. I still share the gospel, and some come back. And now they're they. They've been convicted and they're walking in the truth. Other ones, I get branded a bigot or whatever the case may be, and I don't care about that. You call me whatever you want to call me, as long as Jesus Christ called me on that day. I don't care. That's what's important. Be willing to share your testimony. Purge people along the way. Tell them how God brought you through poverty, suicide, depression. Whatever it is that he brought you through. Sickness. So that they look at you and can say, yeah, that, that's that's a that's a story I need to hear more about. I doesn't bring anybody in our path for nothing. So let's be encouraging this season. Walk in the will of God. Know that the time is drawing near. Know that we need to stop playing games. Quit acting like we following him and we need to go all in. The whole the whole man, the whole human being. All, mind, body, and spirit. You should love the Lord with everything you have from the inside out. Those are the people he want to spend eternity with. Not those that were half-stepping, kind of loved him, thought about him, pulled the book off the shelf when they was going through something. He's talking about those who called on his name and stayed faithful. Those who will be with him when everything comes to an end. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for encouraging us with your truth. We thank you for allowing us to be bold in this season. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us, we shall condemn it, because you have given this to those who serve you. We have inherited this blessing. The enemy cannot walk in victory in our life. We have the the ability through your spirit to be truthful, to be bold, to be sound in mind, and to overcome anything that come our way. Thank you for calling us in this final hour to be who you called us to be, your child, your truth, your light. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Yeshua, we pray. Amen.